Welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. I am Henry Liu, and today I'm joined by Rainier. Rainier, how's it going? What's up? What's up? How's it going, Henry? I'm doing well. Good to be chatting with you. Yeah, loving these lightning rounds. Totally, man. Today is September 25th, 2023. Uh, so, yeah, what's been on your mind lately, Rainier? Star Wars. Star Wars has been everywhere in this household, and it's actually really fun. Uh, we've been rediscovering Star Wars thanks to Ahsoka and going back to Rebels. So we're kind of rediscovering it. It's giving me a new perspective on Star Wars. I know we've talked a bit about Star Wars in the past like Star mm-hmm. Wars fatigue and like yeah. the state of Star Wars content these days. Like, is it what it used to be? Is it something new? But yeah, here at home, man, we're, we're rediscovering Star Wars. Excellent. So yeah, please elaborate. Uh, I, I'm imagining it, it has something to do with Ahsoka and maybe Rebels, but yeah, specifically yeah. what what's it about? So, I mean, we're generally a Star Wars household and we're uh, all geek, all nerd, everything household and my kids have seen the original trilogy when they were younger they certainly didn't have the same appreciation for it as say you and i do Mm -hmm. um but with this new release of ahsoka uh my youngest daughter she's really like glued to it i don't know if it was the promos we saw at comic-con but i think just the image and just ahsoka's overall presence it was something that she was gravitating to something and so we watched the first episode and boom, she was hooked. And so now she's looking for everything Ahsoka content. And we decided to, you know, rewind a little bit back to Star Wars Rebels. And I've only seen like a handful of the of, of the first season and when it originally aired. And I remember thinking, that's a pretty cool show. Um, but now we're, we're into it, man. We're like in the third season. So between, because Ahsoka is being released once a week, between episodes we're like binging uh star wars rebels and i have to say like we've all kind of fallen in love with it like all the characters Mm. on rebels um and the reason why we didn't jump back to clone wars was because i think that would be too far of a rewind and i think there's like i don't know how many seasons i think there's like seven or nine seasons of like of clone wars and i think it would be impossible to get through that during the entirety during the entire season of Ahsoka. So I think Rebels was a good starting point. And I, it's a smart move, man. I, it's, it's, it's cool. It's a cool like storyline, like really cool characters. You know, it's a fresh take uh, uh, as far as like, not necessarily following the Skywalker line, which every Star Wars movie has basically followed. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, yeah, it's refreshing and uh, it, it's been fun. And now we're seeing all the little details that are in Ahsoka from Rebels and I'm sure there's a lot more details that we're missing from, say, Clone Wars, mm-hmm. um, which, again, I've only seen the first season of Clone Wars. It's it's just been really hard to go back and and rewind and, you know, do a complete binge of all those shows. But I think at some point we will. Nice. Yeah, I like that sentiment because a lot of people are in the Star Wars fatigue camp and are kind of craving something different um but uh, you know you've proven that you don't have to have like new content be that fresh new stuff there's there's like cool star wars content out there that they can that people can 
dive into right and and have it be a little bit different a little like off the beaten path right yeah. now uh now i'm curious uh because i am watching ahsoka but i have not watched rebels at all or clone wars so um what what time period does rebels take place so rebels takes place so darth vader still around Mm-hmm. Um, so it takes place post Clone Wars, but pre A New Hope, I believe. Mm-hmm. Or let's see, yeah, we've been trying to wrap our head around this. Like we know it's yeah. after we know it's after Order sixty six because all mm-hmm. the Jedi have been killed off. Yeah, the Empire still exists. Darth Vader still exists. Um, so yeah, I think it's that in between period of. After episode three, but before episode four. Mm, mm. But actually, maybe it could be in parallel with like four, five, and six somewhere. So there could be some like crossover. I'm sure they have some timeline that officially states like where, because there are definitive, like there are definitive like character moments where it's just like, oh, that's what happened during this time. I just haven't done the math yet to connect that timeline. But I know it's somewhere. I know, I know broadly where it is. Got it. Got it. So, so this begs the question that's kind of been in my mind as I've been watching Ahsoka, and that's should any movie or or just just in general should movies or TV series have you know quote unquote required viewing? Should, A prerequisite. They, yeah. Should should they have it? Should they not have it? Should all movies and TV series stand alone? Um, yeah, this is, I think with, when Ahsoka dropped, I think that this question has become like a kind of in the public consciousness, right? Because it's, I've definitely sort of been asking that myself, right? You consider it like a a hot button Mm -hmm. issue, like kind of, Ooh, this is, I don't know if this is working, like, or I think it's working great or. Yeah. Because I'm like on the other side of it. Because this whole the whole time when um, when the MCU was hitting big with the Avengers movies and everything, you know, I you and I we we would watch every movie like on opening weekend, and we would have all the prerequisite right. We even had like comics knowledge too, right? Um, so we were always in in the like oh I've I've done the homework <laughs> camp right. Yeah. So like when Avengers Endgame came out, there were a lot of people who were like, do I have to watch all this stuff? And and it seemed kind of silly to you and me because we, we had seen it and to to not have seen it, it, it seemed just kind of like, how can you not have seen these movies? Right. But now I'm on the other side of it. Right. <clears throat> and I'm not getting all these like little insider references and I feel a little left out. So, yeah, what would your answer to that question be? Do movies and TV shows, uh, should should they never require uh, prerequisite viewings? You know, I think it's a mixture of both. I mean, if you're talking about a movie that's like, you know, that's like fresh on the scene, there's zero backstory, um, like, say, for example, if, when the original trilogy came out, right, four, five, and six, and 
I know everyone and their mother had saw, had seen episode four. Like, who didn't watch Star Wars back in mm-hmm. 97, yeah. uh, 77, yeah. right? Yeah. But can you imagine having watched and not having watched A New Hope, not watching Empire, but going directly to Return of the Jedi? Like, would that movie make sense to you? <laughs> yeah. I think in, in some ways it would. Like, you would know who the good guys are. You know who the bad guys are, right? Yeah, I think just the general structure you would understand, but like all mm-hmm. the little mm-hmm. connections and all of the little details, those would be really hard to pick up on. Yeah. Now you take the original trilogy, you take the prequels, you take all of the TV shows, like the animated shows. Do you need to watch all that stuff? I don't think so. But we're speaking in general, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that the general, the general, my general take on it is that you should, the movie should be generally standalone. You can't assume that yeah. everyone's watching everything. Yeah. But Star Wars is unique in that it has history and it has a lot of content, right? Mm-hmm. Not, I, I, I don't think every movie is one where you have to see all of them in the past. So, like, there's content for you if you want to see that. And I think, I think Ahsoka is in that case where. You don't have to, but you can. Yeah. Right. And they have that luxury of time and the amount of content that they have. Yep. 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 Yeah. I see what you're saying. So there's good, a Star Wars. Takes. There's a Go Star ahead. Wars saga for you, depending on the level of engagement you want to, you know, put in there. <laughs> the yeah. amount of legwork you want to put in there, especially if you're catching up, like kids these days, right? Like you, they they'll see live on television ahsoka but like they weren't even born when heck like when like you know um uh force awakens i'm sure there's a little kid that hadn't even seen mm-hmm. that movie they they were they weren't even born at that time and they're yeah. already being hit with ahsoka it's like how, how would they position themselves to enjoy star wars the way we do and yeah. it's like it's impossible there's there's no way yeah 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 good point good point oh, yeah i liked how you framed it with return of the jedi because I do think that movie can stand alone, but if you hadn't watched episodes four and five, you're definitely missing out on on a lot of the a lot of key content, a lot of key character development, right? And I think for a lot of these fandom type movies and shows, yeah, it's the same. Like, yes, a movie like Avengers Endgame can stand alone, but man, if you didn't watch any of the marvel movies before that one wow you're just missing out on so much right and there are so many references you wouldn't get like end end game and infinity war i think that's a little unique because if you think about Mm -hmm. it how many i mean there there was sort of like this linear movement from iron man captain america hulk right ant-man all those characters it was almost sort of like this linear build-up whereas like star wars they came at us in chunks with four, five, six, then one, two, three, right? Then seven, eight, nine, and then scattered in between all that are these are, are, are the animated shows and graphic novels, or not graphic, yeah. graphic novels and like you know novels that tie into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think I think with Star Wars, it's it's much more intricate. There's more <laughs> there's more threads to weave through versus mm-hmm. the MCU, where it's just the MCU, and yeah, you could have like backstory from the comics. But the MCU, I mean, honestly, it's really kind of its own thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so 
that leads me to my next point. Star Wars is a different animal from Marvel Cinematic Universe. And yeah, to me, Ahsoka feels a little different. Like, I think, I feel like Dave Filoni is sort of is upping the ante a bit on this whole, like, um, like shared universe stuff where he he's really assuming people know stuff. And he's like, we're not going to waste screen time on explaining things. We're just going to dive right in. Like Ahsoka episode one, um, like I was like, whoa, like, like all these references. <laughs> like, I have no idea what he's talking about. Like here and there. I'm like, oh, wait, I, I know that. I, I okay, like I kind of I was getting a framework like of where this takes place just with the movies. Like I hadn't watched all these animated shows, right? So like I'm like, okay, I, I get these few references. This takes place like after Return of the Jedi, but before Force Awakens. I I, I got that. <laughs> that was about all I got. That. But uh yeah, this one seems a little more where it really is like unapologetically being of the opinion that it's sort of like take it or leave it understand it or don't like we're just moving forward with this story and you can just figure it out as we go um a little off-putting because you know uh, we're not going to spoil the show at all right now and quick plug uh our next uh episode with Perfirio and christian we will be doing a full recap of ahsoka season one so stay tuned for that uh, but in the meantime no spoilers and i'm, I'm just saying like for a lot of this show, I've been like Googling and like asking people like you, uh, Rainier, questions about like, who is this? Who's this Ezra guy? Blah, blah, blah. You know, um, so see, look at look at this yeah. level of look at this level of intrigue you're in. You're you're asking these questions. You're going to other sources to try to figure yeah. out like, in my opinion, he's got you, man. Like <laughs> Dave Filoni's got you. Like if yeah. you're asking those questions, then you're generally intrigued about mm. this story about these characters right hey, hey that's a great point maybe there's maybe it was on purpose because I think there's a method to the madness i i you might be on might be onto something there because like i've fashioned myself a pretty big star wars fan and for a long time you couldn't get anything past me i would watch I, i've seen all the star wars movies right so there would be few references i wouldn't get right but now like wow i feel like Oh shit! Like I'm I'm behind the curve here. <laughs> so yeah, there is this feeling of like, oh, I got I got to catch up. I, I want to know more, you know. Um, so yeah, maybe that was a little bit on purpose. <laughs> you want to know what's crazy too? So not only are we going back and watching Star Wars Rebels, but I'm having my girls also. We just finished watching A New Hope. Now we are just about to finish. Actually, we just finished Empire Strikes Back and just started Return of the Jedi. So now they're watching it at their age with full mm. attention. And dude, uh -huh. it's it's actually been a really fun experience watching them, me watching them enjoy it. Yeah. And so what's crazy about it is I'm I'm really excited for them to go back and so after we're gonna go through the whole thing, man. We're gonna go back to one, two, and three, just the same way like we saw it right mm -hmm. and you know as crappy as the prequels have been i'm actually kind of excited to see them watch it so mm -hmm. not only can they compare it to the original trilogy but there are tie-ins from because i mean the clone wars all that episodes one two three does tie into a lot of stuff in rebels a lot of stuff in so ahsoka mm -hmm. and i'm excited to see them see and make those connections 
So in many ways, again, that Marvel effect of like, hey, the first movie was okay, but the second movie was awesome. So it up levels the first movie. Mm. It's having that same effect um, with now soon, you know, going back into the, the prequel trilogy. So yeah. I I think I think the their formula is working, man. Like we're all certainly excited about it. <laughs> That's cool. That's super cool. And you're right. You know, with Ahsoka, there are a lot of prequel references, and it I I, I don't doubt it that uh, there's renewed interest in revisiting the prequels, and really all things Star Wars in general. But I, th- I think the thing though that does trip people up is that, I mean, we see Ahsoka. In Clone Wars, we see Ahsoka. In Rebels, we see Ahsoka. In Ahsoka, mm-hmm. they are actually they are all actually very different interpretations of Ahsoka. So, mm-hmm. for people that like love Ahsoka, like like say adult fans, I, I've heard some criticism. I, yeah. I I think there are a lot of people that don't like um, the way Ahsoka is on 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 the show currently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's I think that's sort of the trip up because it's like you have a voice actor that has embodied the character versus the actor who's yeah, acting the character yeah. and they are very different yeah yeah that's true and the character is at a different age in those other projects right so yeah, yeah you know that's that happens too you know we yeah. we change as we age so there's that as well oh and and there's mandalorian i mean she shows up in mandalorian too again that's right yeah very different mm-hmm. yeah for sure Okay, cool. Um, so what else is going on? You know, I wanted to bring this one up real quick. Um, Rotten Tomatoes. So uh, a news item came to light recently about how Rotten Tomatoes is basically crooked. It's all bullshit. It's a payola <laughs> scam. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Yeah, dude, you and I called this years ago. We we basically thought the tomato meter was bullshit like five years ago, like at least five years ago, and have not put a lot of weight into Rotten Tomatoes for a long time. Um, well, we should we should talk about why we think it's bullshit. Okay. Yep. Okay. So even even before this news story came out recently, right? So before that even came to light, like why why did you think Rotten Tomatoes Tomatoes was bullshit? So what I what I hate about it is you get this score right rated fresh. You have a percentage score, and it's basically like a grade. Yeah. And what I hate most about it is people will not see a movie because it didn't reach a certain score. Or they'll brag about a movie they love because it has a certain score, right? And it almost becomes the definitive factor as to if people will discover or watch a new movie versus not watching it. And I I think it's a really bad thing. And I think what really sucks about it too is while the percentage scores can be subjective, it does sort of set an expectation of like, okay, well, what level movie – what rotten tomato level movie are we going to be watching? You know? Yeah, yeah. So if you go into say a blockbuster film where it received a score of like less than 50, then are you going in there thinking, Oh man, this is going to be a crappy movie, you know? Or yeah. if it's a high score, you're going in there thinking this is going to blow my mind. Mm-hmm. You walk away from it and it's, it falls very short. So, yeah. yeah. but I just hate how 
you know, if you if you're an Xfinity or Comcast member and you're 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 you know, channel surf anymore, right? If you're <laughs> if you're looking through the menu, every movie that you come across, there's a there's a tomato rating on every single mm, movie. Yeah. And it's like I don't want to see that. I hate that it's in my face. <laughs> yeah. Like I wish they could move it to the side. And yeah. if you want to see it, you can. But I just hate how how it's so much in your face. And then the yeah. when we got tickets for um uh The Last Jedi. I remember oh yeah i remember that yeah i was we were we were pre-purchasing our tickets for opening night and just as i was like you know on the buy page there's a banner ad showing the rotten tomato score and i'm like dude i'm already buying tickets like <laughs> yeah. i don't need to see this <laughs> right yeah you didn't want to see it anyway but you really didn't need it when you were buying the fucking tickets right, right. You, you already you're, you're giving them your money anyway it's the worst oh. it's, it's, a, it's a yelp rating that you know you don't you, that's the worst yeah yeah 100 percent agree and yeah i had the same opinion for a long time it was everywhere it still is it's in advertising they put the tomato meter score in some of the ads for movies they put them like on the movie listings you were going on fandango whatever you want to buy it Again, you're gonna you're you're looking to 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 buy the tickets and they have the score there. Why? It's like so the herpes it, of movies, right? Oh, yeah, it's it's a major pain. I'm gonna add this too. The whole scoring methodology is terrible. Okay, it'd be one thing if they just took the score and gave it an average, but they, it's different than that. It's it's worse than that, right? So I think I gave this example way back when. But if there's a, a movie that comes out and there's five critics that all kind of like the movie, they're like, yeah, it's not a great movie, but I just kind of liked it enough to recommend it. They all give it like three out of five. Five critics give it a three out of five. That's 100% on the tomato meter because it's five recommendations and zero non-recommendations. 100%. For a lukewarm response by all the critics, right? So it's highly flawed. On the flip side, let's say there, there's a different movie. Four of the critics love it. Like all-time classic, one of their favorite movies of all time. Five out of five rating. But one critic is like, mm, I had some problems with it. I didn't hate it, but not enough to recommend it. It gives it a two out of five. So the overall score becomes an 80%. If you took the the cumulative rating and just averaged uh, the scores, the eighty percent on the tomato meter movie would would rate higher than the hundred percent. So it, it's just a highly highly flawed system, and this is where it gets real. You and I commented on this, and you know, to 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 sort of tweak a score to make it like I kind of didn't like it to I kind of liked it, eh. Not that hard to do, right? Studios have a lot of influence. Maybe they take some of these rinky-dink reviewers and, uh, you know, throw some money their way, etc. It didn't seem that uh, uh, far-fetched that uh, their opinions could be swayed. That's Guess what? Guess what? We were 100% correct on this. Dude, you, should insert, you should insert that audio clip right now <laughs> yes. and then come back to us today there you go yeah right i mean we called it this, this so then so now the news item right this was actually happening happening right the the 
so technically it wasn't the movie movie studios themselves doing it it was pr firms hired by the movie studios to do it it's actually even worse they were <laughs> they weren't even doing it themselves they were like hiring other people to do it oh, for them <laughs> look at that loophole man dude it's so shady yeah because then the movie studios can say no we didn't pay them yeah 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 right, right, that, right. We, didn't, the... we didn't do anything some other guy did it. oh so shady <laughs> it's the worst it's the worst um but now more than ever just ignore the tomato meter it's all bullshit man it really is bullshit there's, there's just so still, many reasons not to look dude, at for it. For years, years to come, though, we're still going to continue to see rated yeah. fresh, you know? Yeah. You know, what I thought was really interesting was when um, the, uh, what was that last, the Shazam, um, mm-hmm. the second Shazam movie came yeah. out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They touted it as, okay, well, I actually like that movie. I don't I can't remember what you guys said about it. <laughs> but I think, I think it got a Rotten Tomato score of like, I think it was like less than 50, it was 40 something, I think. But the audience mm-hmm. score was like 87 or 92. They actually advertised the audience score. So if you're not really paying attention, you're thinking, oh, man, Shazam Fury of the Gods got like 87% audience score. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So it, it can be misleading, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, completely, completely. It can. But I think I still don't agree with that Rotten Tomato score, by the way, <laughs> or oh, yeah. that movie. Well, well, guess what? In a way... It's a good thing now because before we felt like if you saw that tomato tomato meter rating, it'd be like a spoiler. But now I don't think it is. It's all such bullshit that whatever it is you're seeing, just don't listen to it. Don't don't respond to it. Don't have any expectations because it truly is bullshit. Right, now. but dude, that's it's easier said than done, man. It is. I think it like is. The, yeah. just a general audience, like all yeah. our friends, that'd be like, "Oh man, did you see this movie? It tanked. Look at Rotten Tomatoes." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, I hate it. And yeah. it's gonna be like that, man. It's gonna be like that for a long time. Yeah, I think it's, yeah. unless there's some other like Rotten Tomato rival that comes out that could like you know put them kick them to the curb. Yeah. So I guess the question is, if you're not gonna go off the tomato meter like what are you going to use like um like i think the whole reason why the tomato meter is popular is because it's become this accepted metric right um before it was like cisco and Ebert, two thumbs up whatever right um what do we do like what's the alternative to to all to rotten tomatoes what do you think that's tough man I think if you have an interest in seeing a movie, you should watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's, that's tough, though. Um, yeah. That, that is kind of a tricky spot, right? Like how, what other metric can be used to replace that? I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't, I also don't even know if like box office numbers is an indication if a movie is good or not. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's certainly movies out there that have made a ton of money, but you've walked away from it thinking, yeah, that movie wasn't that good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so when when I ask myself that question, I kind of think about the like pre Rotten Tomatoes days where I would actually read movie reviews. Right. Um, so like uh, my parents subscribed to the San Francisco Chronicle way back when. And um It'd be kind of fun. You know, there'd be uh, like the entertainment section, the date book, right? They would have movie reviews. 
Now it's limiting because it's just like one guy, right? I think uh, Mick LaSalle was the reviewer. Um, and it'd just be this one person. So like the idea of Rotten Tomatoes was appealing, right? It's like, why just listen to one guy when you get this cumulative total? Little did I know it was total bullshit, <laughs> but it's seen better than just one person, right? But I think there's a lot of a, uh, a benefit by reading these reviews, right? So a lot of uh, the reviews by Mick LaSalle, I disagreed with, but I read the review and even if he disliked a movie, I could see why he didn't like it. And I, I could be like, I think I'd be okay with what he had a problem with. And as I read more of his reviews, it'd be like, okay, he just doesn't like this certain st stuff in a movie that I'm actually okay with. So I'm kind of kind of disregard this part and just be like a little bit more, I don't know, like, um, like, like kind of a thinking deeper on the whole thing rather than just having it be this metric, right? This one percentage thing. Like you mentioned Yelp, it's the same thing. It's like the, the Yelpizing of movie reviews, right? Um, so if there are like uh, movie reviewers uh, that who, who resonate with you, I think that's a good way to go, you know, like just follow their stuff. Like um, with, with the internet, they're, there's so many movie reviews out there that it's very accessible, right? Oh, um, so that that's one way to go. I think, the, I think the internet can be tricky too, because if you if you if you want a movie to fail, you'll find people that hate it, and if you want uh, it to be yeah, successful, you'll true. find people that love it. For yeah. me, that's the thing. Like for me, I've never really been a big like movie review guy. I've never actually opened the Chronicle and looked at movie reviews. Mm -hmm. I may have maybe stumbled upon a Siskel and Ebert like you know episode here and there, um, but for the most part, I think what attracts me to a movie is the trailer. And to this day, mm -hmm. like my wife and I, like we we consider ourselves late to the movie if the trailers have already started playing because we actually just love watching trailers. And if a trailer is good enough, that's enough. That's enough to pull me into a movie. Cool. That's I mean, trailers don't tell the whole story, but you know, uh, th there's a lot of time, effort, and care that go into these movie trailers. So why not go off of? what you what the, the experience you get watching those right yeah yeah and movie uh, trailers too yeah. they're they're a they're a sizable part of the marketing budget yeah um, yeah and in some cases there have been places there have been movies where the marketing budget is even more expensive than the actual movie itself to be made which is kind of crazy and yeah, the trailer is, is is part of that formula yeah that's pretty nuts but i, I agree hey, actually i go off trailers all the time all the time <laughs> uh the one thing i would also add is um just word of mouth you know like talk to yeah. your people, you know, like uh, we definitely have like-minded folks in our circles. So like get, get their takes, right? Yeah, man. Talk yeah. to another human being. I think, mm -hmm. I think the hard yeah. part though, is that, you know, part of the conversation, someone's going to be like, Oh dude, did you see the rotten tomato score? So <laughs> you have to ignore that part of the conversation. Yeah. yeah. It's also tough too. If you're wanting to watch a movie on opening night, which I know you and I do that a lot. Um, can't really do that <laughs> uh, if you're watching a movie like right as it's opening, uh, unless you have some insider person. <laughs> like you're not gonna know. You're you're not gonna have people who have seen it ahead of time, right? So it can be tricky. It can be tricky. Um, but if there's any takeaway from our conversation today, is just do not go off this tomato meter yeah see the movie for yourself i'm i've always been an advocate for that make your own opinion don't don't yeah. look at someone else's review make your own review 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I know, you know, people's time and money are valuable. Um, so yeah, like you're, you're not going to want to go to a movie that potentially could be really shitty. I, I get that. Um, but if, if, uh, you know, if you can spare a few bucks, you know, it can be kind of fun just kind of rolling the dice, right? Going yeah. in without expectations, like, oh, I'm just going to go and check this out and see what happens, right? At the very least, you're going to get some delicious theater popcorn and some candy, <laughs> right? There you go. Or you can, uh, you know, hate watch. You know, you could, you could, it's kind of, sometimes it's fun to talk about how much you hated a movie, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> like it's so bad, it's good, right? Like those yeah. kind of movies. Well, yeah. There, there's that, but also just like, the the uh the license to talk shit like well guess what i've seen this movie and you know what it is garbage and i'm gonna tell you why right yeah so there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> all right uh cool so i think we can wrap things up any uh last tidbits you want to cover before we close it up uh let's see any last tidbits um you know, I did have a point about Star Wars I did want to actually talk about, but I, it totally escaped my mind when we jumped right into the Rotten Tomatoes thing. <laughs> it might be too little too late. Uh, maybe we can save it for the next time. That sounds good. Um, one final note, hooray for the uh, end of the writer's strike that just was announced. Um, so the WGA has reached a tentative agreement with studios, and the word is that the actor strike should... Uh, follow suit. Yeah. Oh, so you know, something to that point actually yep. is I don't know if you're seeing news about this, but regarding like VFX artists, like there's been a big uproar in that community and mm. they're apparently being treated like, like trash. And uh, yeah, yeah I, I read a couple articles where they talk about how VFX houses are basically being pitted against each other to do the fastest work, you know, paid the least amount of money and so i think that's if that's not already happening i'm sure that's on the horizon that they're going to unionize so that uh yeah they can get you know their fair share of stuff man and part of the articles i've been reading is the the flash movie was actually a result of that like just the crappy Mm. cgi Mm -hmm. um there's some movies out now too that are getting the same treatment as well i can't think of them at the top of my head but yeah, I think that's on the horizon. If you want good graphics in a movie that make you believe what you're seeing and be immersed in it, yeah, you guys gotta you guys gotta pay them. Yeah, one hundred percent agree. And um, yeah, that's uh, for all these groups: writers, actors, VX, VFX folks. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's you know, also pay these people. Yeah, that's also um, extending into like uh, the, the video game industry too. I'm sure mm. you've heard horror stories of like yeah what the video game industry is like. So yeah, it, it's pretty crappy. Yeah, and I, I, you know the timing of all of this is pretty good, I think, because there is so much content, there is so much to do. <laughs> like, hey, you people, do what you got to do. Go on strike, fight the power. We're here for you. Like if you if you got to take a few months off to do this, like oh shoot, maybe I'll I'll watch Rebels like uh Rainier's doing. I'll go back. I I'm good. I'll I'll rewatch some stuff. Um I'll, I'll hold off. There's just so much content. So now's the time. Why not? Yeah. 
There's just so much stuff out there. Oh, I did want to talk about Star Wars fatigue. Is it too late to talk okay, about no, that? No, no, no. Go ahead. Because I know you and I have exchanged comments about that back and forth. And yeah. I don't know. The Star Wars fatigue thing, Like, I feel like it, 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 it is a real thing. But I think it's also a matter of like who's the audience now, right? Because you remember how we were talking about like, man, the Star Wars movies used to come out. Like it was a celebration because we don't know when the next like Star Wars movie is yeah. going to come out. Yeah. But I think it's just a different day and age. I don't think it's I don't think it's Star Wars fatigue. I think it's people want people can consume Star Wars content like as fast as they want it. And I'm sure they want more of it. And I think they're just making it available to the audience that just wants to consume. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think it's just a different mindset. Like, when did you grow up? You know, how close to your heart is Star Wars? (laughs) Yeah. And and how much time can you actually like commit to diving into all of the content? I don't know. It's I think yeah. it's I think it's a generational thing. Yeah. Oh, I I totally understand what you're getting at. Like just the way we consume media is so different now that you really can't recreate like what we went through when we were young, right? Like watching Return of the Jedi in the theaters for the first time. I mean, it was just magical, right? It's just that that sort of experience is just it's kind of a, a bygone era, right? Um, I mean, yeah, making so. movies back then is different than the way they can make movies now or television shows, right? They they can produce so much more stuff faster these days at the expense of, you know, <laughs> certain groups that are going to strike because they're not being treated right right yeah but like yeah, it's, it's crazy yeah. how fast can be just it can just be pumped out yeah and you know we talk about star wars fatigue but it's just like everything fatigue right i think it's because, everything fatigue right before be. yeah okay we you would only get a star wars movie every few years but you could argue you wouldn't get much of anything except for like <laughs> every few years right but now you're just getting all kinds of shit like all kinds of awesome stuff getting thrown at you all the time like video game releases streamers and new tv shows um so it's yes it's just a different world and i think the reason behind that is because if they don't pump that stuff out that void is going to be filled by something else Mm -hmm. you know so i think it's this yeah it's this cat and mouse thing where it's just like yeah you want to give them time to breathe but at the same time you don't want to lose them so they have to find some mm-hmm. balance, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe the message is we should just all be appreciative of what we have. You know, like all this fatigue could be it could it could be all taken away. How about that? Like, OK, if you're so tired yeah, of it, how right. about you just shut off your Internet? No Disney Plus for you. You don't get to go to the movie theaters anymore. Yeah. Done. <laughs> delete your IG. Delete your TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Then you'll see how it feels, right? (laughs) (laughs) All right. With that, we can wrap up the episode. This is Farewell from Henry and Rainier.